All this hate in the media about politicians and the police, this is ruining our country. Hating on any profession that our country needs for its survival is a bad idea because it denigrates and demoralizes the very people that we need to hold the fabric of our nation and our communities and our cities and our states together. When politicians and the police and doctors, lawyers, business owners, CEOs, labor, and everyone else who participates in society, including all the people that work in the trades, manufacturing, agriculture, and everything else that's absolutely vital for the health and well-being of a group of people in a community, a state, or a nation, it has to be protected and respected. Otherwise, we're not going to have a nation. Hello, everybody. I'm Janice Christensen, and this is The Tangled Angle. Here on this podcast, we address the tangled angles of conservative American values given to us by the Constitution while using facts and keeping it classy. I am a news junkie with a passion and interest in politics, government, and American history, and I spent 16 years in the halls of the Washington State Legislature supporting my husband, Dan Christensen, who is in the House of Representatives. Now with this podcast, I'm able to share and discuss what I've learned and experienced, along with some historical context of where we are on the timeline of history. I've been concerned for our country over the last 20 or 25 years since my husband and I stepped into the political arena, and he ran for office that first time over 20 years ago. And I started to see how people thought it was so funny to make jokes about politicians and doctors and especially lawyers and politicians. You know, they really got picked on with all the jokes. And I thought, well, yeah, a lot of the jokes are merited. However, once I got involved and got on the inside, there's a lot of great people who are honest and want to see what's best for their community and their county and their state succeed. And they want to see what's best. They, they really care about the people. They really care about what happens in their communities. And that's one of the reasons why they work in government or are elected to some sort of office, whether it be school board or city council or county council. And especially after the elections of 2020 and 2022, when a lot of local people got involved in local elections like school board and city races and county races, many citizens realized, I need to step up here and do something about what's happening in our culture. And so this podcast is also for those people who have been newly elected and are now working in some sort of government elected office or working somewhere in the government who really want to do well. All the parents that went before school boards and raised concerns about the craziness that's being taught in the public school system. And all these people really who have woken up since COVID caused this huge awakening in our nation about what what's happening in our schools and in our government. And I remember back even, you know, During the summer of 2020, when our own rotten governor here in Washington state declared who was essential and who was non-essential to our economy. And when he dictated who could work and who couldn't work and who could go out and about in public and who had to stay home, this was devastating to the health and well-being of so many people. And it has wrecked our economy. 
I mean, for somebody to say what's essential and what's non-essential in someone's life, every job is essential because that is their paycheck. That is their livelihood. But I just saw how during this whole thing that COVID really provoked and transpired, I should say our government's terrible reaction to COVID, was it really started to be popular even more so to hate on politicians. And all through the summer of 2020 and 2021, when it was defund the police and the police were the bad guys and the police are bigots and racists and all these name calling that's gone on, it's like that is a terrible thing to do. Because yes, there's bad apples in every profession. I'm not saying that some of the politicians and some of the police officers have not conducted themselves well. However, there's a lot of good people in these different professions, wanting to do what is right. Many police officers and those in government feel called. They feel this huge compulsion to do good for their community, to step into their communities and improve it. And I remember when my husband was elected to the Washington State House of Representatives, I always thought, oh, the people down there, they must, surely they have a higher IQ than the average public. And surely these people must be qualified. And they've probably all got poli-sci degrees from prestigious universities and so on. And I saw that at the state level anyway, where, where I have really had firsthand experience for many years, those people are so ordinary, it was scary. They were just regular citizens who felt it was their duty to step up in their communities and run for public office. And yes, so many of them got there and they had their their one or two areas where they were really versed in and their backgrounds were either in business or maybe agriculture or policemen or firemen or the military. You know, they had all these different backgrounds and they brought their skill set to the legislature and they each had their different you know, gifts and talents and, you know, educations that really qualified them to do a good job for our state. And then the few bad apples or the real wacky wild ones or the extremely immoral ones or the ones who did a lot of things that were illegal, they got all the news and all the press. And the rest of us were like, oh, gee, that's a black mark on all of us, which I understand. But There's 98 House of Representative members in Washington state, and there's 49 senators in Washington state that serve in the legislature. And most people can't can't even say what their name is, let alone what they're doing in their time of, of office. And I remember a senator that we greatly admired, and she retired um, shortly after Dan was elected. And she said, you know, if you knew the power I hold over you, you would pay a whole lot more attention to what I am doing. And she was a state senator, and she was absolutely correct. Because most people until the last couple of years really were not paying attention to what was going on in state government. But they sure enjoyed bashing on politicians and police. And I remember hearing jokes and you know, snickers about politicians. And I would just cringe because I'm like, well, my husband is one of them. And he's doing a good job. He wants to do what's right. But to be lumped in with all the losers and all the immoral people is very difficult. And so I am concerned about our country because hating on politicians and the police, although I'm not excusing any of them who truly deserve intense scrutiny and often to be prosecuted and punished, I'm not excusing them. But how are we as 
a community as a state or as a nation going to get good people to step up and run for political office or want to be police officers or want to do some of these other jobs that have been so denigrated and demoralized? It's like, why am I putting up with this? Why do we keep bashing our head against the wall if all we're going to get is hate? And many people that knew us personally and take the time to get involved with their city or county or state elected leaders find out differently. But that's a very small minority of people compared to the whole, compared to the press, compared to the loud, bombastic voices out there that get a lot of the attention that aren't necessarily telling the truth, but boy, it sure earns a lot of ratings and a lot of likes on social media. So hating on these professions of politicians and the police, it's really going to damage us in the long run. And we have to start respecting these positions of authority, these positions that the people want. People want police protection and people want honest and good politicians who will truly serve the people that they've been hired to serve. People want that. And so we have to figure out a way to balance this out where, yes, we can put the, you know, the stinkers up on trial. Of course, we should do that. But let's not just throw everything out and say it's all bad and all politicians are bad. And it is a very complex problem to solve about how do you sort the good versus bad politicians. It's not a three second tweet it's not a three-second soundbite. It's not a 140-character tweet. These are deep and weighty issues, and it takes time to wade through. There's a lot of politicians that are very good at their area of expertise and uh, not so good on other areas. That's the nature of human beings. We cannot be good at everything all at once. There's no such thing. We all bring our strengths and weaknesses to the table and hopefully working together as a team, many collected minds put together, many bright minds coming to um, attack the same problem together, we can solve some of these problems. And so, and I know I'm speaking here in Washington state and, (laughs) you know, it's a one party rule. And yes, I have to admit the leftists and the liberals have completely overrun the system And the voting system is broken here in our state. We've had bulk mail-in balloting for, I think it's more than 15 years, maybe 20. And so I realize that. But as a nation as a whole, there's still pockets of our nation where we have to uphold the rule of law. And I'm really concerned about Washington. I was born in Seattle, and I was just reading an article recently. Interestingly enough, it was Fox News that put it out in September, and they said Seattle police staffing drops to a 30-year low. Officers are leaving in droves after defunding. Washington State Police Rep says enough is enough with liberals' soft-on-crime agenda. This article goes on to state from foxnews.com that the president of the Washington State Fraternal Order of Police said Tuesday that enough is enough as Seattle struggles with its lowest police staffing in 30 years. Okay, the population of our state has grown massively in the last 30 years, and we have the same staffing levels of 30 years ago. And he believes, this president of the Washington State Fraternal Order of Police believes, that officers are retiring and resigning at higher rates because the profession has been demonized in recent years. So this demonization and degradation of the very law enforcement that gives our society law and order and peace and 
defends the weak and defends the victim and defends those amongst us who can't defend themselves. If we've denigrated these police and they're just leaving in droves, this is not going to turn out well for Seattle or for our state or anything else that depends on law in order to have a a just and fair society. And this denigration has been going on for a long time. I remember getting on an airplane or being at some function somewhere and somebody say, oh, where do you guys live and what do you do and what does your husband do? You know, just normal small talk when you're getting to know people. And there's so many times I would not tell what my husband was involved in. I just didn't want to go there. I just did not want to bring up, yeah, he's House Minority for the Washington State Legislature. And I just would cringe because I realized that it wasn't saying something like, oh, he works in tech, or oh, he's he works at a software company, or oh, he's a dentist, or oh, he's a doctor, or you know, some other profession that would be, it kind of carries a neutral connotation. Nobody really has any opinion pro or con toward it. But, you know, I would just basically hide the fact that oh, I don't want to, I don't want to get in that conversation right now. I do not want to wade into that, because then I would get this earful about all the frustrations that people had with all the stinkers. Okay, I know a lot of politicians. I've met many senators. I've met many representatives at the local and state and federal levels. I met a sitting president. I've met a lot of people in government. I've met a lot of staffers. And there weren't that many stinkers amongst us, at least on the Republican side of the aisle, because we were still fighting for the constitutional principles that our nation was founded upon. We still understood the Bill of Rights. We loved the First Amendment and the Second Amendment and property rights and freedom of movement and transportation and healthcare choices and all those things that the right stands for, we that's what we supported. But oh no, I would get this earful about the one stinker that they heard about and the one awful politician that they couldn't stand. And I'm just like, it, it just gets wearying to hear that. And so I know me as one person involved with the state legislature all these years, I can't imagine getting lumped in with some of the police and you know, now with social media and everybody's got a camera in their hand, recording stuff that can be way out of context and completely misrepresented and cut and pasted and edited. And boy, I knew that from the leftist mainstream media. They cut and pasted interviews from those of us on the right. It was horrid. So I knew the potential of what was going on. And I thought, if this is how I feel, how does the rest of our culture feel, especially those trades And the police and the firefighters and the politicians, the good guys that we need. So if we continue to hate on politicians and the police, how are we going to get decent, freedom-loving, honest, well-meaning people to even want to run for office? And I remember listening to Rush Limbaugh when he, you know, I loved listening to Rush Limbaugh and he was ahead of his time. And he was talking about this, and he was talking about, you know, some election cycle and about the different people that wanted to run for office and and put their name on the ballot and run their campaigns and raise the money and all the stuff that's required to run for political office. And he said, one thing you have to know, and excuse the poor language here that I'm about to say, but he said, you have to be ready for the biggest anal exam that you've ever had in your life. And that is a huge understatement of what it requires to even run for office. 
I remember different people through the years, my husband would recruit different people to run for office, and they'd often want to meet with both Dan and I to discuss what it was like, and they would bring their spouses. And I would just tell them the blatant, honest truth of what it was like, because I didn't want them walking in blind to a situation. And somebody said, well, you never told me, or I never heard about this, or I never understood that this is what it's going to be like. I always wanted them to know what it was going to be like. And a couple of them ended up not running for office. But it is. It's it's grueling to just to get through the process of even be elected, let alone get there and do something constructive with the job that we've been handed to do something good and constructive and solve problems, do even what the people have asked us to do. So we really need to think about, especially on social media and comments on social media and posts and reposts and reels and all these Instagram moments and all this stuff of how we talk about politicians and the police and other people in our culture that we need to hold our culture and our country together. We have to be careful not to just blanket blame. Oh, all politicians, ha ha ha, they're all a bunch of crooks. It's like, no, they're not. There are good ones still there, and they need to be supported and get to know them. And if they make a misstep or do something wrong, or do, ask them, call them up, send them an email, ask them, why did you do that? And hold them accountable. Hold them accountable to the office that they've been elected. That school board member that you know that just got elected to the school board, support them, encourage them, show up to the school board meetings in their support. Inform them, tell them what they might need to know that they otherwise don't know. You know, that's the trouble with school board members and city and county council people and police officers and politicians is we're all just a bunch of people. We're all just a bunch of fallen, limited, frail people. And unless we have support from the community and from the people around us that know us, we all get tired. And so We have to support the politicians and the police and everybody else amongst us who are the good guys, who are the good men and women who understand what they're doing and understand the cost of the job. This is my encouragement to you. If you aren't in any of these professions, please be careful about what you're saying about them and the blanket statements you might be putting on social media about them. It's very demoralizing. And only the strong make it through, which is kind of a good thing. I mean, it, you know, it tested by fire. It's that's no joke. I just want to encourage everybody that's listening to me is be careful what you say and encourage police officers, encourage those politicians, those school board members, those city and county council people who are doing a good job, those city mayors and local is where the power is at. Local is what is going to make or break a state. Local is what are going to to make or break a nation. You know, whose president doesn't really affect our lives, but who our mayor is, who our city and county council people are, who is the sheriff in our county, who is the police chief in our city. Those are the people that's going to really affect our lives. And we need to support the good ones. And we need to honor the office, even though the person that sits there might be a stinker. One last comment here that all of my husband's serving in the legislature, we always had a Democrat governor. And of course, our kids would hear us talking about the different policies and the different decisions that would go on through the years. And they, they, would, they would start bad-mouthing the governor. 
whatever Democrat governor it was. And I said, you know, we need to respect the office of the governor, even though the person who sits in the chair might not be respectable. We still need to respect the teacher, even though the teacher who is there might not be respectable. You know, we still need to respect the police officers, even though some of them might not be respectable. Otherwise, if we just badmouth these people, it is really to our own detriment and our own downfall. So during this Christmas season, send that person a Christmas card or a note or a thank you note, an email or a text and say, we support you and we want you to keep doing that job you're doing. We realize it's hard. We realize that you're getting a lot of hate from the other side. We realize there's a lot of people that beat up on you each day, but thank you for the job you're doing. We really appreciate it. And I think if we do that in our culture, we will have a much better nation. If you like this podcast, please hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you listen on, and please share it with a friend.